اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم وات سورا وی اسٹڈین واٹس دا نیم آف دا سورا سورا البقرا ون واز اٹ ریویلڈ آفٹر دی ہجرا اور بفور دی ہجرا آفٹر دی ہجرا آفٹر دا پرافٹ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم مائگریٹڈ فرام مکہ ٹو مدینہ آر یو فیملیئر وتھ دا سیر آف دا پرافٹ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم وٹ ہیپنڈ ان ہز لائف A little bit about it. You all studied in Islamic school somewhere or the other? Alhamdulillah. So you must be familiar with the fact that when the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina, things were very difficult. Because many people had just migrated from one city to another and they had come empty-handed. And the new place where they were now living in they were not familiar with the kind of work that could be done over there. Imagine if somebody is a farmer, let's say, in India. They migrate to Canada. And they don't live in a place where there's a lot of fields or they don't have enough money that they can buy a lot of property and you know, start farming here. They end up in Toronto downtown. Where can they apply for a job? Where can they apply for a job? Tell me. If they do apply, do you think they'll be accepted? What will they be told? You don't have Canadian experience. Even if somebody is a doctor, a dentist from their home country, when they come to another place, what do they have to do? Get more certifications. Get more degrees to be able to work over there. Because every place is different. People in Makkah, they weren't farmers. They didn't have any agriculture. You know what they used to do? Business. That's what they did. Because Makkah was a place where so many visitors came. And the Makkans themselves would also travel. So that's what they did in order to make money. They weren't architects. They weren't farmers. They weren't anything like that. They were just pure businessmen. Now, in Medina, people were farmers. Imagine if somebody has no idea about how to farm, about how to work in the fields. Don't you think life is going to become very difficult for them? It's going to become difficult. Imagine somebody coming from a hot country to a cold country. Imagine somebody coming from India and living in the winters of Canada. Would they not fall sick? Yes, they will. Likewise, when the Muslims migrate from Makkah to Medina, the weather was very different. Medina is an oasis. And Makkah, barren desert in mountains, sand. And Medina is an oasis, completely different weather. The food was different. You know, these days, if you go from uh, you know, a Western country to somewhere in, for example, India, Pakistan, and you go there for a few weeks, they warn you, don't have water. Only have bottled water. Don't eat out, otherwise you'll get sick. And you wonder, there are people who are living there, they don't get sick, why will I get sick? Why? Because you're not used to eating those bacteria. Your body is not immune to it. So you will get sick. Even if it's normal food, you will get sick. Likewise, when the Muslims migrated from Makkah to Medina, many of them got sick. They lost their money, they lost their jobs, they lost their family, they lost their property, they lost their health. 
life was pretty tough. And this is the reason why the Prophet ﷺ made that relationship between the Ansar and the Muhajirin. The relationship of Ukhuwah, of brotherhood. That each person was made a brother of the other. So the Ansari brother would take in his Muhajir brother, the person from Makkah, and he would live with him in his house. He would share in the income. So this is why this relationship of Ukhuwah was established between the believers. Now the Muslims weren't just facing challenges in this way. You know what happened? The mushrikeen of Makkah, they came to attack the Muslims. Every now and then, somebody would come to harm the Muslims. And those of them who had families back home in Makkah, every now and then they would hear news of something bad that had happened. So, life was very difficult for Muslims all of a sudden. There was a battle of Badr, there was a battle of Uhud. So many battles and small skirmishes as well. You know, they would come and attack the Muslims, take away their property, kill them. If you think about it, a person would think, I am going out in the way of Allah. I am doing something for Allah. And Allah should take care of me. Isn't that what we think? I am going to study the Qur'an, so when I come home, the food should be ready. But you get home and you're like, I'm hungry, the kids are hungry, I haven't cooked anything, and I couldn't go for grocery yesterday. What am I cooking? I don't know. How am I cooking? I don't know. When will the food be ready? I don't know. So you start to feel discouraged. You're like, why is this so tough? Why is it so hard? The thing is that difficulties are a part of life. Whether you go out in the way of Allah or you don't go out in the way of Allah, every person in this life faces challenges. Nobody gets life easy. Every person finds difficulties and challenges. Those who are Muslim, those who are not Muslim. Those who are very pious and those who are not that pious at all. So what's the solution? What should a person do? Allah guides us that in difficult situations, when life is getting tough, when one thing after the other is coming very hard on you, when you feel as if you're overburdened with challenges, with difficulties, in every aspect of your life, then what to do? Where should you turn to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who have faith, O you people who have iman, O you believers, istarinu بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ Seek help. Don't just sit there crying away. No. Seek help. How? بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ With patience and with prayer. Look at the address. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا What does يَا أَيُّهَا mean? Oh. And we discussed this earlier. When you call out to someone by saying, Hey, oh, you want their attention. What you're telling them is very important to you. What you're telling them is something that is very necessary for them to know. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuha hu alladina amanu. Oh, you who have iman. In other words, if you have iman, you better do what you're being told. This is something that will complete, that will perfect, that will improve your iman. And if you don't do it, that means there's a problem with your iman. So what is it that Allah tells us? Ista'inu, seek help. Ista'inu. Ain wa noon, aun. Aun is help. We recite in Surah Al-Fatiha, Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in. You alone we seek help from. So Allah tells us over here, Ista'inu, seek help. You should seek help. But how should you seek help? In two ways. Bis-sabr, with patience. Wasalah and prayer. Sabr. What does sabr mean? Sabr is basically hapsun nafs, to control oneself. 
And it's done in three ways or in three situations. First of all, sabr is in difficult situations. For example, at the loss of something that is very important to you. So, sabr in a difficult situation is what? That a person accepts the decree of Allah. He stays calm. He says, Oh Allah, this was your decree. I accept it. You feel sad. However, you don't say anything negative. You don't react negatively. And secondly, sabr is patience is also on good deeds. What does that mean? That if you're doing something good, you find it challenging. Just like we discussed right now. The Muslims migrated to Medina. So many difficulties one after the other. A person would think, forget about it, just go back home. Leave all of this. Islam is too difficult. Leave the course. Too difficult. I failed the first test. Forget about it. No. Stay firm on doing good deeds. For that also you have to control yourself. You can't let yourself slack off. You can't let yourself just give up. No. You force yourself that no, stay firm. You have to do it. The third situation in which you do sabr is on staying away from sins. Staying away from wrong things. So for example, you're walking somewhere and you find somebody who's not dressed appropriately. You want to look at them. You're like, no, stop it. Don't. Again, you want to look. You're like, no, turn away. Look down. Look away. Close your eyes. So, you're controlling yourself. Aren't you? So, sabr in other words is self-control. Sabr is self-control. When you think about sabr, don't think about being passive towards the difficulties that come your way. Many people think, be passive. You know, don't care about the difficulties that you're suffering. How can you not care? You're hurting, of course you're going to care. You're in a problem, you are going to care. Your mind is going to go there. Sabr does not mean being passive, but rather it means self-control. Inshallah, we'll discuss more about sabr. The second thing that Allah tells us to do over here is salah, Meaning pray, pray to Allah. Perform the salah. So when you're in difficulty... Seek help of Allah through sabr, through being patient. And secondly, through praying salah. Why? Because in Allah, indeed Allah, He is ma'as-sabirin. He is with those people who are patient. As-sabirin is a plural of sabr. What does the word ma'a mean? What's the translation? With. What does it mean by this? That Allah is with those people who are patient. Remember, Ma'iyah, to be with someone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being with someone is of two types. First, in the general sense. And secondly, in the specific sense. In the general sense, we say Allah is with everybody. Allah feeds all people whether they believe or not. Allah causes their bodies to grow. He causes their bodies to become healthy. Allah is with them. In the general sense. However, there is specific sense as well, which is that when Allah is with someone in the sense that He helps them, especially them and not others. He provides for them especially. So, in Allah ma'asabirin, Allah is with those who are patient, meaning a person who is patient, then He gets the help of Allah. He gets the support of Allah. Allah will enable him to be patient. Allah will give him the reward. In other words, a person who is patient is not alone. He's not suffering in silence. Rather, 
The help of Allah is with him. His Lord is with him. In Allah ma'asabirin. What do we see in this verse? We see in this verse that prayer and patience, they have a very big impact on our lives. They have a very big effect on our lives. You know, sometimes we're praying salah, we're praying Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, and we're like, you know, why? What's the big deal? I don't even know what I'm saying. I can't concentrate in every salah. You know, I concentrate in the first rakah and then the second, I don't know where I am. And I don't think my salah is perfect. So we start doubting our prayers. Should I even bother? It's too hard. Why is it so hard? The thing is that your prayers affect your life. Your salah affects you. What do we see here? That seek help through patience and prayer. In other words, when you pray, your dealing with your challenges will become easier. When you pray, Allah's help would come. When you pray, then you will get out of difficulties faster. When you pray, you will stay calm in difficult situations. We see this. That, you know, a person, they lose somebody. For example, their child. Their reaction is so much that you wonder if they'll ever become normal again. And another person, they suffered the loss of two children, three children. And they're still calm. They're not depressed. What's the difference? One prays, the other doesn't. One has trust in Allah and the other doesn't. The one hopes for reward and the other doesn't. Your salah has a big impact on you on how you behave, on how you react. It is what affects you staying calm in difficult situations. There was a woman, her name was Khansa. And before the Prophet ﷺ received prophethood, in other words, she was not a Muslim at that time, her son died. Arabs were very proud of their sons. It was a big deal for them. And the loss of your son was a big deal. Which is why when the Prophet ﷺ's son died, you know, the people, they made fun of him. They said, he's abtar. Meaning he's cut off. Nobody's going to remember him. He's going to be forgotten soon. So the loss of a son was something big. Now this woman Khonsat, when her son died, she couldn't handle it. She could not take it. She said verses of poetry, you know, in remembering him, about the sadness that she was experiencing, about the great loss that she was suffering from. And she would go out in the streets and, you know, scream and wail. And, you know, she would tear her clothes and pull her hair. And she could not get over the loss of her son. It was a big tragedy for her, a great loss for her. Now, eventually, this woman, she became Muslim. And then Allah gave her four sons. And then there was a battle that the Muslims had to go to, to fight the enemy. And all four of her sons were participating in that battle. And as they were going, she said to them, my sons, either you go and get victory, or don't come back. In other words, either go and win, and if you can't win, then fight until your last breath, die over there, but don't come back empty-handed. I want you to either be successful, or be martyrs. And you know what she was told very soon? All four of her sons had died. One after the other. And you know what she said? Alhamdulillah, Allah has made me the mother of four shuhada. Do you see the difference? Loss of one son. 
affected her so much that she was traumatized. She could not get over that loss. She could never become normal. And the same woman, when she accepted Islam, when she prayed salah, look at her courage, look at her calmness, look at her confidence, look at her trust in Allah. That she suffered even a greater loss, but her reaction was completely different. Never think that your salah does not affect your life. It has a big effect on your life. This is why we see that the Prophet ﷺ, whenever he was in a difficult situation, what would he do? He would go and pray. He would go and pray instantly, seeking the help of Allah. So Allah tells us over here, يَا أَيُّوَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ Seek help through patience and through prayer. Make these your help, your assistance in difficult situations. Then we also learn in this verse, about the benefit of sabr. We learn about the benefit of salah, but we also learn about the benefit of sabr. And what is that? That sabr helps you in difficult situations. It helps you in difficult situations. Now, I want you to think about it clearly, to visualize it. Suppose you stepped on something very sharp and your foot got cut. Imagine, and your foot is bleeding. And every time you put your foot down, you can't even walk. You wonder when you'll be able to walk again properly. Your foot is cut. It's hurting. It's bleeding. You're immobile. You're not able to do what you're supposed to do, you're normally doing. So it affects you. So what would be the reaction of a person who is being patient over there? What will his reaction be? Think about it. He will cry maybe. He will suffer the pain. He might say, he might tell other people about it. However, he doesn't make it a big deal. That every person he talks to is like, oh my foot is cut, you know, this happened and that happened and oh my God, I can't get over it. And he's crying and saying, Ya Allah, why? Why did this have to happen to me? What did I do? He will not do this. This is not the person who is patient. The one who is patient, he will feel the pain. But you know what? When he's suffering from the pain, as we learned, sabr is what? To control yourself. So he will control his tongue. Don't say anything negative. Don't complain to Allah. Don't say negative things. Don't make it a big deal. He will control his size. Don't go on screaming away. It's only a cut after all on your foot. People suffer even more than this. So, sabr... When a person has sabr, what does it do? It makes him powerful. It makes him strong. Think about it. The same cut on one person's foot and the same cut on the other person's foot. One person is patient and the other is not. The one who is patient, what will happen to him? Will he be able to get back on his feet sooner? Yes. Because you know what he's going to say? It's not that bad. Alhamdulillah. At least I can walk on one foot and maybe slightly bend my other foot. Okay, never mind. I'll sit here and do my other work. So what if I can't stand and walk around? And the person who is impatient, who is like, I have to do my work, I have to go, I can't do anything, I'm just getting so frustrated, this is not fair. And what he can do, even, he will not be able to do. He is becoming weak. Sabr makes you strong. Endurance. Patience. Self-control. It makes you a confident person. It makes you a more bold person. It builds resilience in you. You're able to suffer pain. 
So this is why Allah says, إِسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ When you're in difficult situations, don't just sit there and cry, but rather seek help, pray, and also be patient. Because when you'll be patient, it will be easier for you to deal with your difficulty. Life is full of difficulties. It's full of challenges. Nobody gets it easy. Allah tells us, be patient so that you can tolerate those difficulties. She's sharing a story about how once she was having soup with her friend and her friend, she put a spoonful in her mouth and it was extremely hot. And the first thing she said was, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. And it was okay then. But if a person says, Ouch! Why is it so hot? Oh my God, my mouth, I need ice. I can't eat anymore. You know, throw the spoon and get off the table and run to the washroom and keep rinsing your mouth. I mean, yes, you are feeling pain. We don't say that you're not feeling pain. You are. But have a little bit of self-control. If you have self-control, you'll be stronger. And if you don't have self-control, your pain will overcome you. Your weakness will overcome you. It will defeat you. Any challenge that you face in life, always look at it as a monster. If you believe that the monster is stronger than you, then you're done. And if you believe that no, you're strong, Allah is with you, then that monster will be nothing in front of you. It'll become very small for you. You'll be able to deal with it. So, istarinu bisabri wa salah. Seek help through patience and through prayer. And remember that in Allah sabirin, indeed Allah is with those who are patient. He doesn't leave them. His help is with them. And the person who is patient, when he is being patient, he's doing two things. First of all, he is hoping that soon this problem will be over. And secondly, he is hoping that Allah will reward him for that. And these two feelings, these two beliefs, will make it easier for him to tolerate the pain, to tolerate the difficulty. So, the first thing is what? That he knows that it will be soon over. Tell me, which pain, which difficulty, which challenge in this life is permanent? That it always, always stays the same. There's nothing like that. You know, even if a person has a certain condition, for example, they have a certain illness because of which they may have pain in their body or a part of their body might hurt constantly, there's no cure to that. Still, there are times when the pain is more and the pain is less. Part of your body is swollen. There are times when that part is more swollen and sometimes it's less swollen. So, patience means in a difficult situation that you're hoping that inshallah it will be over. Soon it will be over. And when you have that faith it will be over, then it makes it easier for you to bear the pain. The second thing, that you're hoping for reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, you get joy in suffering that pain as well. You're like, it's okay. Alhamdulillah. You're thinking about the reward inshallah, and that makes it possible for you to bear the pain. In a hadith, we learn that sabr is actually at the first strike of the calamity. Meaning when it strikes you first, your reaction at that time, that matters. So for example, the moment the mouth was burnt, if you say, ah, ouch, oh my God, what's in the soup? What's in this food? What did you give me? First reaction. And then you're like, it's okay, I'll be patient. That's not patience. First reaction. Your mouth gets burnt like, astaghfirullah. 
Subhanallah. This is patience. You may have experienced it yourself that no matter what pain you're suffering from, when it's very strong, and you remember Allah at that time, it's as though the pain leaves. It's as though it becomes very less. I've experienced myself. Once it happened with me that immediately I had to be taken to the emergency and they couldn't put any anesthesia on me and they had to do a procedure within moments without any anesthesia. And I was just remembering Allah's sake, Astaghfirullah wa atubilay, Astaghfirullah wa atubilay. And the doctor and the nurses and all the people were horrified. I mean, their faces were, they were shocked that how is this girl even tolerating the pain? And I was like, is it really that bad? Honestly, like I think about it now, like yeah, it was kind of bad, but not as much as their faces showed. And what brought me comfort at that time was the dhikr of Allah. This is why Allah says, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ I will remember you. And when Allah remembers you, it's not a small thing. Your pain will go away. It will become very less. You'll feel strong. It happens that difficulties are not just physical. Difficulties are also psychological, emotional. It's quite possible you're feeling extremely stressed out in your life because all the things that are happening. All of a sudden you have 20 people coming in your house. All of a sudden people whom you don't get along with are in your face all the time. You have to work with them. All of a sudden you feel you have to do one thing after the other and you don't get any free time to yourself. Stressful situations, they also require sabr. And the more sabr you have, the more easier it will become for you to go through that phase of your life. We see all the prophets of Allah, they suffered so many difficulties. Ibrahim salam, his father was going to kill him. He was thrown in the fire. He had to leave his child and wife. He had to undergo so many difficulties. But didn't Allah reward him? Allah made him the imam. So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ Allah is with those people who are patient. Allah's help is with them. He gives them the ability to be patient. And He rectifies their situation for them as well. In a hadith we learn, وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ النَّصْرَ مَعَ الصَّبْرِ That know that victory comes with patience. How does victory come? With patience. You cannot overcome your difficulty except with patience. وَأَنَّ الْفَرْجِ مَعَ الْكَرْبِ That you can only get out of a difficulty when you suffer. وَأَنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى And indeed with the difficulty comes ease as well. So, إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ Allah is with those who are patient. So be patient in stressful situations, in painful situations, in difficult situations. And always remember this verse, inshaAllah. Let's listen to the recitation of these ayat. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ يا أيها الذين آمنوا استعينوا بالصبر والصلاة إن الله مع الصابرين